Hello there, Dalton here. My guest for this episode is Scott Greenhut. Now, a lot of my guests uh, have been people that I've met before, that I've known. Some have been really good friends of mine. Some I've met and just talked to briefly. Scott is actually the first one that I have never had a conversation with before we sat down and actually talked on this podcast. So this is our first conversation together. But the reason why I wanted to bring Scott on to talk to him is because I've been friends with him on Facebook for many years, and I saw him posting very often about his weight loss journey that he was going on. This man has done 370 days in a row where he's gotten on his elliptical and done anywhere between 20 minutes to over an hour. And over that time, he's lost over 110 pounds. And now he's on a journey to be an inspirational speaker. He has this crazy amount of energy. He's real fired up about this, this weight loss journey that he's on, the story that he's wanting to spread. So I'm here to listen to what he has to say, and I hope you'll join me in doing the same. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Scott is going to introduce himself, and we're going to go from there. All right. Thank you, Dalton, for having me, and I hope I can uh, hopefully inspire a little bit as I'm starting my journey as an inspirational speaker to all your listeners. I'm Scott Greenhut, and I am 34 years old, and I am starting my journey, as I just said, as an inspirational speaker. I've been through some things in my life that I'm sure we'll get to in this, and I just want to help people uh, who want to do something that they've never done before. My hashtag is hashtag please just start, whatever it is. It can be anything weight loss like what I've done or different things in life. We, we all have one life to live and let's live it to the fullest and hashtag please just start. So uh, please just start. Where did that, where did that originate? Um, uh, what made you decide on that hashtag? Well, when I was losing weight, as we've already alluded to, I, people were like, how did you do it? And I said, I put my hands down and I was just like, like almost not begging them, but like that, that way I was like, all you have to do is start. Just start. I did 20 minutes my first day. Probably didn't even do like a maybe three quarters of a of a mile, and I huffed and puffed and almost blew my house down. Was this on a treadmill? No, it was, it was on an elliptical. Okay, and I remember seeing that you got on that elliptical every day for how long? Every day? Uh, well, it started off 20 minutes uh, okay. one time for the first week every day. Okay. I set a goal for myself to do from never taking care of myself, which we all saw that was the case. You can look on my social media. And then I wanted to go to uh, 365 days in a row, and I ended up doing five days over that. So I did 370 days in a row uh, wow. on my elliptical, and it ended up being the last numerous months with seven miles a day through that whole journey. So 370 days in a row, you got on your elliptical. Yes, sir, for, I did. And you, and you went for, uh, what were you going for, the, the mileage or the, or the time? M mileage at a certain point. Okay. It could be off a little bit. Even though I have OCD, it could be off a little bit with the time, but I wanted to get my at the end, at the end of the day toward the end when I was getting to that goal, I wanted to do uh, seven miles. It's like th two stints of three and a half a day. Interesting. So, um, oh, two stints. So you were on the elliptical twice a day. Yes. Uh, I see. Oh, what, for a long and... time, I was on 30, 40 minutes. I was doing it 40 minutes, 40 minutes and 20. I did like. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I went a little. I think I went a little less than the three and a half at one time, but I ended up doing three a days for a little bit, um, and then I just went back down to three and a half, three and a half at, at that point, and and never looked back. 
Wow, you seem to have the, such incredible energy. Oh, <laughs> I can you. feel I it in your, vo- in your voice and in your uh, mannerisms. Thank you. Have you always been like that, or, or was this something a product of the weight loss? Um, I think I've always been like that, but I've never I am I've never been uh, sure of myself before this. I did, I never realized how much I was lacking in self respect until I finally found some through this journey. Uh, so you gained self respect through. Um, being able to control that weight loss. Yes. Control getting on, whether you got on or got off that elliptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in my business every day, there's many things in my life that we'll get into that I could not control, but I, no one can control me, what I put in my mouth. And if I, and I, if I exercise every day, cause I help more than just looking in the mirror is an awesome byproduct of losing weight. But there's a lot more to it that you, until you please just start with a little hashtag in front of it, you don't know what it, what it can do for you. So when you started, um, Getting on the elliptical, how much did you weigh? Two sixty eight on uh, December eleventh. December eleventh of seventeen was my day that I decided enough with this, right. and I have to change my life. Wow! So uh, a little over two sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, two hundred sixty eight, and how much? How much do you weigh now? I weigh one fifty seven. Wow, that's what one hundred eleven pounds. Yeah, but I, I say one hundred and ten because it's it fluctuates a little bit because I have Crohn's disease it, now. So with that, but but in general, yeah, it's, I always say I lost one hundred and ten pounds. Wow, hold on, you, Crohn's disease? You have that now? Was I just, yeah, after eating all the right foods to lose weight and doing my elliptical, I was eating a, a big salad, taking a big salad home from a restaurant I was going to, having turkey and broccoli, and my one vice through this whole thing has been Diet Coke. I love Diet Coke, it's my one vice, I just couldn't get over it. Well, I had to because now I have Crohn's and I'm not really supposed to have it. But um, I don't know. yeah, so when I, I got that and I got down to 149. Now, I would have been happy to be 149 if I had worked for that, but sure, I didn't like sure. getting down to there because of having because Crohn's. of being sick. Yes. Was it the Diet Coke that created it? It was the salad, everything. It just burst. It was always in me, and I, you don't know it till it's till you till you know. <laughs> wow. You don't know you have Crohn's until you take that um, colonoscopy. And yeah. I woke up from it. And uh, the the doctor already said, yeah, he has moderate to severe. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. I appreciate that. Um, I know that that's not easy. Um, th- I had a scare uh, at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. Won't go too much into it, but um, ended up not having it. But uh, I was not, I was hospitalized for a little while, and they thought I might. Mm-hmm. And so I read a lot about it, thinking <laughs> I was pretty pretty yeah. unsure I, I was <laughs> going to end up having Crohn's disease myself. And um, ended up being it was just some crazy illness that they they couldn't they couldn't identify. But glad um, you're doing better from that. Thanks. Yeah, that was a rough year after that. I didn't trust meat at all because <laughs> I got because it happened from raw chicken and I and oh, so wow. Yeah, it, I, to this day I still overcook my meat not because mm-hmm. I uh, I prefer the taste but because I'd prefer to not be back in the hospital. I, I do know? too. You could uh, you could ask any Chili's in Gwinnett that I go to. <laughs> I, I get my yeah. chicken grilled chicken and very 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 extremely well done. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, you got to um, in order to. Um, make sure that your your gut's okay. Exactly. I don't want to yeah. see that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so, uh, wow, you, I mean, you've lost a lot of, a lot of weight. I don't know if you I, – I didn't mention this to you um, while we were talking. I actually meant to, but um, you'll, you'll know now. I have lost uh, 45 pounds in my nice. life at one point. At one mm-hmm. point, I was 205 mm-hmm. pounds. That was uh, the summer of 2013, and um, on a 5'6 frame, looking in the mirror, being 205 pounds for me – um, and especially being an athlete for most of my life, mm-hmm. uh, I was always in shape. And then I just, lo- someone took a picture of me one day and I looked over, uh, or I looked at the picture and it was from the side and I just saw my face. You see it in your face mm-hmm. a lot. And, and my stomach was, I, I was wearing a, um, like a, a really tight fitting shirt mm-hmm. or maybe just my belly made it a tight fitting <laughs> shirt. But, um, I doubt that. 
but I see well, what you mean. I seeing that I was like, wow, I I am that's crazy um, that I that I'm this big, and I, I went and I weighed myself because I hadn't weighed myself. I didn't think about it, and so um, saw that I was 205 pounds. I couldn't believe it, um, and I was absolutely upset with myself. So I can definitely relate to you and how you feel when you first, I guess, decided mm -hmm. to go on this journey. Um, yeah, so, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so it's not easy to turn it around and all of a sudden say, I'm, I've had enough. I'm going to, con I'm no longer going to continue living my life the way that I'm living. I'm going to do something about it. How did that change for you? Well, like what brought that about? How did you, how were you able to stick to it and, and keep going? Cause a lot of people will do it and fail. And I did. I, it took me months, like almost a year to get that weight down. Um, because I, I, I kept failing. I, I, it wasn't working for me, but eventually I was able to find the right mindset. But, um, I'd like to find out what your mindset was like. Sure, no problem. So the thing is, um, I'm sure we'll get more into this as well, but um, seeing my dad, I don't want to be sound vulgar, but seeing him laying there dead on his deathbed, that's what did it for me. He begged me every day for about, close to every day for about a year and a half to two years. Scat, when are you going to lose weight, my boy? You're going to end up just like me every day, every day. He was on dialysis from 55 to 62 when he passed away because he never took care of his diabetes. His body was so bad at 2%, his kidneys are functioning at 2% that diabetes now were off the radar. Like it, he was so bad that diabetes was like the least of his worries. And um, I, I watched him suffer uh, his last seven years on it. We fi finally, he let me call an ambulance to come get him uh, about mid-July uh, mid of uh, 2010. And that's when we found out both kidneys were functioning at 2%. So he could have gone around then if he didn't, if he chose another day or two after that, we, we will never know. But um, he stayed on dialysis and he lost a lot of weight from being sick, but he didn't put any work in for it. And he goes, Scott, see, I lost weight. You can do it too. I was like, yo, you are sick though. Like, I don't want to just lose weight from being sick. Cause I've done, I lost 30 pounds uh, a few years before he started dialysis from being sick. For, and, and you know what, when I got healthier, it all came back very quickly. <laughs> And uh, so seeing him, once I was healthier, that weight came back, the 30 pounds that I had lost from being sick, it came back. And uh, very quickly, you know, it's, it's very hard to lose it, but it's very easy to gain it. So you just have to put that in perspective. And if you want it deep down in your, in your heart, because you, you have to put everything into it to do it. You have to eat right. For me, it was exercising for three months before I got my food right. But I haven't had dessert, fast food, or fried food since February of 18. Wow. the end of February. Yep. No, no, no dessert. Not a cookie. No, really? Not, what about a, like a Starburst, a Skittles? Absolutely not. Wow. Okay. So take me through your daily diet. Just like okay. just today. Uh, don't I, worry it's about. It's pretty much the same every day. So I, oh, I, I got right. you. <laughs> Routine is good, especially yeah. when you're having to stick to something like that. Absolutely. Okay, I so, totally yeah. agree with that. So. I'm trying to tell everyone that. Uh, so what happens is, uh, what happens is, I wake up in the morning, and um, what what I do in the morning is, I get on my elliptical within like 20 to 25 to 30 minutes after I get up. Go ahead and do one of the three and a half. It take three and a half miles. It takes me about 40 minutes or so. And since uh, the second anniversary of doing this, which was December 11th of 17, so now December 11th of of 19, just now this I've started push-ups. So I oh, okay. went from. Uh, five for the first couple of weeks, just doing five every time I got off. So it was 10 total to now th then doing for a couple of weeks as well. After that, it couldn't be that long. Cause it was just, you know, this December 11th of, um, when I started, but, um, then doing, uh, 
10 each time, so 20. And right now, I, and I just finished 15 each time, 30. So now I've just started this past Monday. I started doing uh, 20 each time I get off. And it's a little harder, but I'm, I'm trying to get the right form and everything. And I don't think they're all perfect, but I don't think anything's perfect in life. And that's what I want to do is just keep, keep getting at it, keep getting better, and hopefully still inspiring others. Wow. So it sounds like you did it the right way in starting out. Uh, see, I made this problem. I made this mistake, and a lot of people do. And when they decide to start on a fitness journey, uh, uh, whether it's starting off waking up and doing push-ups in the morning or um, starting out trying to run, uh, a lot of people say, all right, I need to go run out, run two miles, or I need to go to the gym, and I need to lift heavy weights for, for an hour. And I hear uh, – back when I used to work in the gym, I heard a lot of guys say, I was, an hour for an hour to, I was in the gym for an hour and a half. Uh, it's a good day. And it's, it's not about that. It's, it's really not. And, and, and I'm not knocking it. If, that's, if you're in shape and, and you're doing well and that's what matters to you, how long you've been in the gym, great. But if you're just starting out or if you're only trying to do that because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing – it's not the correct way. It's more about what you're doing. It's the qu- it's the quality, not the quantity. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. so anyway, when I first started uh, running again, when I was 205 pounds, I went out the very, the next day when I decided, all right, I'm fat. I'm not going to be fat anymore. Next day I went and I tried to run two miles and I did it. I ran two miles in about 20, 21 minutes or so. And then I didn't do anything for the next three days because my legs, my calves in particular were so sore. And it's not about just going out and going as hard as you can. It's it, you, you do have to be patient. You have to understand that it's going to be a process. You have to understand that it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of discipline. And you are going to, have, you are going to mess up a, a, along the way. And you can't beat yourself up about it. You have to get right back on that trail and keep going, keep following that path. And that's what I, I learned that real quick. So um, when I got so sore at, for those uh, next few days after that, I started uh, hitting the Google and researching how I can get back in shape and how I can lose this weight. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know where the article is now, but I found one that talked about, it was a, it was a Marine talking about how you need to build up to two miles. So for the next week, you need to go and just do half a mile, mm-hmm. go, go do half a mile every day. Don't do any more than that. It's the only way sustainable. It, yeah. Sustainable long-term. Um, <clears throat> and that, and it's, it's essentially building up that muscle. So like you're doing it perfectly with the pushups. You started off with five. You didn't try to do start out at 20. You're working your way up exactly. and that's the way that it's supposed to be. And uh, you're going to be happier about it in the long run because you're going it, to it's building that those small disciplines in your daily life. And that's going to um, ultimately be something that you can be really proud of. And you're going to, like you said, be able to sustain it that way. When you get to your destination, there's nowhere else to go. You're already there. So enjoy your journey. If you sure. need to lose weight, you didn't gain it all in one day. You didn't go to the biggest buffet in the world and gain 15 to 20 pounds if that's all you're over and you want to lose 10, 10 to 15 to 20 pounds. You did not do that in one day. <laughs> no. So from all those days, if you just do – if you start, if you hashtag, please just start, then you can uh, do 20 minutes one day. That's almost like a turnaround from like, okay, you were you – were, if you do 20 minutes and eat grilled chicken the first day and a vegetable and rice or what whatever it is, okay, you're already turning that around because you were going to eat – something worse probably fast food or whatever everyone can do what they want i'm just saying this is how my journey went think in your head if you do that and you eat the bad foods and you didn't work out that's what you did but you cut out that that food and you and you cut some calories you went polar opposite in in a positive way right so it's just what do you want the thing is people can tell you to lose weight that's not really fun when they do that i've heard that my whole life but you have to want it again one of my biggest regrets in my life is losing all this weight after my dad died. 
He wanted it so bad for me, and I wanted to show it. I wanted to show him. And he say, Scott, I'm proud of you, my boy. I barely heard that, and I understand why, because I didn't give him a lot of reasons to tell me that, unfortunately. Well, can I ask you this? Yes, you may. And from what you what you said about your uh, your dad um, earlier, you said that he was like, well, you know, when are you gonna lose that weight, son? Right, something like that. My boy. My, right. <laughs> um, that doesn't sound too encouraging. It sounds more condescending. Um, did that hurt? Was that hurtful to you? Is is that could that be the reason why you didn't lose the weight? Would it have been better for you to hear, like, I believe in you, you can lose the weight? Did he ever say anything like that? For me personally, it wouldn't have mattered because he was who he was. I was who I was. We 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 banged heads a lot, if you, so to speak, if okay. you will. But because I knew who he was, he knew who I was. At the end of the day, we had each other's back. Okay. And uh, it wasn't all candy canes and lollipops, which I can't have with my diet. But um, <laughs> thank you. But I did. But I, I knew he wanted it. And it he. He was kind of like, I hate to say this, but this is the, the truth. He was like my personal martyr. And his friend came over and helped me with some stuff around the house a few months after he died. And he saw I was on my journey. I'm very proud. And he goes, your dad and I talked about that you were never going to lose any weight until he died. And that wow. hit me. In the, I was already working on it then, so that was fine. So your dad really knew you. Yes. <laughs> he knew that you, you were, this was going to happen, just didn't, but not I didn't have I didn't have the inspiration yet. I was doing what he was doing at 30. That's what he kept telling me. He goes, Scott, you're going to end up just like me in dialysis, and you're going to die young because you have your whole life to live. And it took me 10 and, 10 and a half years to get through college. So if I can do that and stay on track and, and eventually you know, get there to that winner circle, so to speak, then I can do this. But this is a journey. This is not a des- – once you get to the destination, oh, you lost weight. Everyone tells you that. It's great. You look great. Awesome. Fantastic. You get tired of hearing that because now this is who I am. This was not for fun for a year. Right. I've now kept it. I've now kept it off, except for one point I gained about 10 pounds with the medicine I'm on with Crohn's, but I've been no more than like 170, 175-ish uh, since since I started my journey, and I was, like I said, almost you know around 270, but I was over that when my dad died. I was humongous, and I'm five, uh, five and a half, so there you go. So what was life like that? I, I know that I was having struggles walking upstairs when I was 205 pounds. I, was, I felt like a big lump of meatloaf, uh, so... I, I honestly can't imagine how was that for you uh, living, you know, like that. Extremely hard. Um, w- after my dad passed away, and I was still at that high, one of the highest weights I've ever been in my life before I before I started four months in a day. I started my journey four months in a day after he passed away. There was no rhyme or reason. I just happened to know that, and all I have left is memories and and dates and stuff. So I'm really in my head. That's how I roll, so to speak. Sure. So. So um, it was very hard. So my, my aunt came and helped me with some stuff after my, after my dad died. And it took me like two to three minutes to get out of the car. And I thought everyone's back supposed to hurt because mine does. And so that's normal, right, Scott? No, bud. That's, that's, not how, that's not how it works, hopefully, for everyone. And I, it just took me a while to just get going mentally with everything that I have been through. I haven't had it the hardest in the world, but I am willing to share my story. And I'm willing to share it all uh, just to help inspire people that if I can – if I can do this with everything I've been through, then you can start something. Again, it's not about weight. It's about what you want in life. You don't want to have regrets. Biggest regret, I wake up every morning with a void in my heart that my dad cannot see this. I'll say it over and over again. It's a very big regret. It may sound like, oh, that stinks. He wanted it so bad for me, and I didn't have the respect for myself until I saw him, I saw the product that I was going to be. What I said earlier, he was basically my martyr. I hate to say that, but he was. He 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 stopped dialysis to die. He he could have lasted probably another four or five months, but he couldn't even lift his hands up. He would have no quality of life left. Right, quality of life is. Yeah, he said yeah, that. Yeah. He goes, Scott, I didn't have any quality of life left. So, 
I said, I understand. This is not how I would have done it, probably. Well, but I will, ne- will never know. I'm not judging anyone because I never know. Right. And you're a motivational speaker now, which is amazing. Thank you. And I, I, I'm really happy for you on that. When I, that was one big thing that really helped me when I started losing all my weight. Um, when I went on that journey of my own, uh, I started listening to a lot of mo- motivational speakers. Um, you heard of Eric Thomas, E.T., the hip-hop Absolutely. preacher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to him much anymore. He's you a have little to too much it. for me. You have to want it so bad. If you, if you want to breathe it, you have to yeah, want it. Right, so, yeah. Something like if that. You, it, when you want it as bad as, as you, you want to breathe. breathe. Right. Something like that, right? Yeah. I haven't listened to him in a while. I'm sorry, E.T., that I me. messed that up. <laughs> he was good for me to start off, but after that, I moved towards more um, philosophical guys, not mm-hmm. not so much hype men. He's yeah. a hype guy, and you need that. Yeah. But when you, when, you, when you need someone to be like a coach for you in the beginning. Um, but f- after that, it was more f- like Tony Robbins type for me after that, sure. um, or Les Brown. But anyway, um, you, b- uh, going into being a motivational speaker, I actually watched your most recent, um, speech that you did for the, it was the JV, uh, boys team at mm-hmm. Brookwood. Yes, it was. Um, that was just like last week, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. And in, so- in it, you said something that I, that really applies to what we're just talking about with your, your father passing and everything. And you, you said, don't wait for something negative to happen in your life for you to make the positive change you always think about. I came up with that because I, I live <laughs> I it think, every day. I think that's really good. Um, I, like for you, it would be your father passing. I, I guess for me, it would just be um, the negative thing was just seeing how much bigger I was than I was used to being. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a negative thing, I guess. Um, I didn't have as big of a uh, crux, you know, something that, that, that really made me turn my life around other mm-hmm. than just seeing that photo and just kind of having that moment of clarity. But Everyone has their, their moment. I think the when I when I, I I really I really pondered over this quote when I typed it out today um, I looked at it a lot and I'll say it again is don't wait for something negative to happen in your life for you to make the positive change you always think about and the biggest part of it for me was um, the end the the positive change that you always think about what are you always thinking about is there a change that you're that right now that you're wanting to make in your life and if that if so then go ahead and like you say please just start mm-hmm. just start on it. Um, not necessarily whether there's going to be a negative thing uh, to happen or not, but when you look at people um, like ourselves, uh, it can come down to something negative happening. And, and then it's like, oh my gosh, now I need to do something. I've been wanting to lose all this weight. I need to do it. So um, for a lot of people, uh, that negative thing may never come. So what advice would you give to them about getting started on this thing that they've been thinking about? Well, really my whole story is about no regrets because life is really short and I can get into that in a minute, but I know a lot of people know life is short, but I, because a lot of people also know that I'm not going to say that I don't either. It's not that woe is me feel sorry for me, but I've been through a lot of things that, um, at my age, I was 33, uh, when another death happened about a year ago that I'll talk about. And, um, one that happened a long time ago when I was 12, I'll talk about, but life is short. We're here one minute and we're gone. I'm not trying to sound uh, like uh, pre- like I'm preaching over here, but it's it's a really true statement. We're here one moment and we're gone. We don't know when it's going to be. Uh, but my story is about no regret. So don't wait for some like don't wait for something negative to happen in your life. That's really that could apply to everyone. But if you want something, life is short. You don't want to have seen that. Do whatever it is now. Just start it. I did 20 minutes on my elliptical the first day. I didn't know that I would be fortunate enough to have the local news want to do a story on me. You don't know. You don't know until you try what you want to do. You won't know until you try. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, 
the uh, Fox Five, right? Fox Five did a story yes, on you. Yes, Atlanta's Fox affiliate. Yes. So, how did they hear about you, and what was that process like? Did, take me through that that whole thing. I was very fortunate. Pretty much everything that has happened good for me through my uh, journey of trying to turn my life around with everything I've been through has been a Brookwood connection of of some kind. Has been a Brookwood connection of some kind. So a girl that I was in musical theater with, she was a senior and I was a junior. She uh, reached out to, she was following my journey and I saw that she was following my journey on Instagram and uh, Facebook, I believe. And then all of a sudden, the, thir- the uh, I guess Thursday before Thanksgiving, I'm losing my dates here, but it was right before, I ended up doing it right after Thanksgiving of 18. So a producer reached out to me on Facebook, and he didn't have a he didn't have a photo in there. I was like, "Is this a scam?" And he goes, <laughs> "So I called him back. He gave hold me on, his number." Hold on. So the produ- a producer from Fox Five reaches out to you, mm-hmm. asks to do a story on you, but he doesn't even have a picture on his. Facebook? He didn't have he didn't have a picture on there, but it said Fox Five producer or whatever. It just because it it was like a, I think a work one more than a personal. Sure, you know, sure, yeah. okay. So he just had no thing, and so since he and I were not co- uh, connected on there, it was like under the other. So I happened to just oh, see the it, messages? and he oh. had done it like that day, right? It was in the other uh, folder for messages. Oh, you're—he's lucky that you saw that because. Yeah, but it, it was that day though. It just happened. Oh, to, wow. Yeah. It, for me, I, I went a whole year without realizing that that was a thing, mm-hmm. and I, there was four or five people who I I cared about who I would have liked to have seen their messages, but sure. I just wasn't friends with. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I never saw yeah. this. So yeah, it's a good thing you saw. Unfortunately, that. no others have uh, popped up there that I was excited about, but this one I was, and <laughs> right. I and uh, he goes. Uh, got your name to do a story he goes are you interested and i said do you not know me of course i am i want to share my story to help others were you uh trying to be a motivational speaker by this point i've always been trying to be a motivational speaker well, I just mean in my you... head for a long <laughs> right. time right. yeah that's about when i did my first one um okay so this was earlier already... that november of 18 you were already like on one. The, but my on story that wasn't i was not ever waiting for my story to be fin- uh finished mm-hmm. where it is right now of this finality of what we're going to get into but it was, I was already there with my dad's story, and that's what we all talked about—just my weight loss and all that. Because it went under the health stuff. It wasn't just a story; right. it was under the health stuff. Oh, for Fox Five. Yes. Oh, so they actually had a segment uh, based on their like health segment mm-hmm. for for you. Yeah. So okay, so uh, what did they do? Did they come over to your house? Came to my house, and okay. we basically just had a conversation. He asked me a question. They set up the lights, and he was, the cameras. Uh, yeah, just a little, uh, just a little bit. But did it was at my kitchen makeup? table. No, no makeup. Uh-huh. I guess I don't need any for whatever reason. <laughs> that, that must be it. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, it was really it was really cool. We were just having a conversation, and he asked me a couple questions, and uh-huh. I guess he, however you know you maneuver that, I I leave that to the professionals. I do not know how to do this stuff. But um, yeah, and then it came out where the the lady who did the story on the news, I never met her, and uh-huh. so she just you know took from that from our conversation, she added in stuff to it to say stuff and then I guess from the teleprompter and then had me speak and all that and had some pictures of me and my dad uh, before and after my photo was uh, from my graduation in uh, 2004 with my dad uh, from Brookwood High School mm-hmm. and so yeah I had a I had a newer updated photo and um, I just shared some of my story but my story wasn't complete and I wasn't waiting for it to be but now like the story is for me to tell because that person is long, no longer here so um it was hers to tell. She was very private. And now it's my story to share with all my family. And is this your sister? Yes. Okay. Why don't you open up about it? Okay. So um, I was 12 years old when my mom passed away. Uh, she had cancer. And so my, my like I said, my dad died in, uh, in August of 2017. And I knew I had to get my life together 
before it became too late because I didn't know exactly when, but based on my sister's cancer, which was ocular melanoma, she had, uh, she found out in January of 11 that she just had a routine. Something was in her eye. It was bothering her. And she went to the eye doctor right away. And the doctor's like, Oh, and she's like, she was, she was a funeral director living in, uh, rich, I guess Richmond, Virginia. No, not Richmond anymore. She was in Bethesda, Maryland and just a regular 29 year old thriving at her career as a funeral director. I think everything that happened with my mom at our younger age, she saw our mom take her last breath. So I, she said it had nothing to do with it, but I believe it had something to do with it. Maybe not everything, but she wanted to help people that way and be a funeral director and she embalmed and all that stuff. So I think something with the chemicals might have. I don't know exactly, but she had she had eye cancer uh, at, t- at 29. So um, how did, what, what do you, did her eye just start hurting? It just really hurt. It was like really red, whatever. And then they looked in there and they saw it was cancer. So within a week after that, she decided one of the ways to go about this was just chemo and radiation, but they sure. didn't think it was going to really work. Or you take the right – she took her right eye out, and that's what she decided to do within a week after finding out at 29 years old. Oh, my gosh. She, within a, she goes to the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. One week later, her eye's gone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did uh, okay, th- I'm sorry. My first question. My first, my Ask first anything. Question, I'm okay. wide open. Did she wear an eye patch after that? No, she had a fake eye. Okay. I, I, I was afraid that that would come off as insensitive. That's no. just what I first You, a- you have no I idea? No. You ask any question. Nothing's insensitive to me. Okay. I'm wide the <laughs> heck open. I appreciate that because I, I really didn't mean it that way. Just, no problem at all. I was interested in how she went about that. So, But she's passed away since then, right? But this right. Is, she passed away last year. She passed away that, fe- February 1st of 19, so almost a, about, a, about a year ago. Dates are very important to you, aren't they? They have to be because I only have memories, photos, and dates left. That's, that's all I have mm-hmm. left of my immediate family. So all that to say I am now 34, but I was 33 when I was the last person left in my immediate family. Sure. Mom died when I was younger. Dad died in 17. Sister died in 19. I was 33. I'm 34 now, but I have to say this at the beginning of my speeches because you may look at me, not weird, but like, okay, this guy's interesting, but like, I may gain 10 pounds. I hope I don't, but I may throughout my life. I'm going to wake up every morning for the rest of my life. Every day I'm fortunate enough to wake up and try to help share my message as being the last person in my family. And when all the I'm sorry's are gone or whatever, and I appreciate everyone, you know, saying, saying sorry to hear that. And I don't, I don't mind that at all. But when those stop, I still wake up every morning fortunate enough to wake up, but I am the last person left in my immediate family. And it's a, it's a struggle every day. I'm not going to say, you know, I put a smile on and I try to do the best I can, but in all honesty, it's, it's very hard. It's hard to still fathom. It's just been just about a year and it's really hard to fathom that this is my reality. And I just want to share my journey. A lot of people like they're a lot of people are scared to talk about stuff, and that is absolutely understandable and fine. It's one of the biggest fears is like public speaking. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life because why am I left here at 33 now 34, being the last person left in my family when everyone told me before I wasn't mature, I couldn't handle things on my own, whatever. I'm all I got. I am all I got. So. What do you, did you um, live in a house with your mom or dad? Yeah, so yeah. Are you living in that house now? I'm living where my dad and I had moved from the uh, Brookwood area to okay. um to down the street. And, so okay, yeah. you just take over the mortgage once you passed. Yeah. And, and but but you're keeping it up and yes. you still you're keeping still the house the right house. and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're proving those people wrong. Then I mean, that's I honestly I don't know if I would have been able to do that. I'm my I'm blessed enough to still have my parents living. I don't know what I would do. If I lost them right now, uh, I, I do think about that not every day because they're still alive, but from mm-hmm. time to time, yeah. think about eventually I'm going to be the last one. And yeah. I, I do have, do you, uh, and you lost your sister. Do you have any other siblings? No, it's just me. Cousins? My sister Melissa. I have a cousin in Roswell and she's, sure. she's great. 
but it, it's still like that's you don't when you say family you you mean your right. immediate family who you live with who you grew up with and uh it i'm glad very fortunate to have some very close family friends and friends who look out for me and stuff but you know what i don't need looking out for i'm 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 here the last person for a reason there's a reason i'm here and that speaking for me does is not a problem what do you think that reason is that I'm supposed to hope I want I want to think it's to help people mm. because I most people a lot of people aren't willing to just open up and be vulnerable all the time. No, I no. can't imagine my life being any other way and and doing anything else with my life but going up on a not necessarily a stage but going up in front of people staring at me for the better or for the worse. I don't really care what people think about me. I just have a story to share and I'm ready to like move forward doing this yeah. every day. Yeah, I, I watched like I said I watched that speech that you did with the JV boys. How did you feel? Going up there, going up. Uh, what was that high school? Were they yeah, like actually, 10th, 11th graders? I don't know. They, yeah, they were like probably 15, 16, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know if this is good or bad, but I really wasn't nervous. All the other times I had things written down. This is the first time I didn't even have any cards with me. Hmm. I, I don't. I When you realize you don't care what people think about you, if you look weird or whatever, and you just don't give a rip, things can really take off for you. Yeah. Well, you're doing it. You're 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 trying to motivate these kids, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I feel like in a little way, you, you want to care a little bit, right? How they yeah. how they view you because you're trying to motivate them. It's a little bit different. Like if you're if you're in a public setting and people might be judging you, I get that. But that's that's what I mean. That's only only what I mean. The judging part, like because sure. with, with speaking that comes like that. But I don't I don't care if they look at me sideways or whatever. I I've gone through what I've gone through to hopefully that I'm that I'm on the that I've turned my life around because. I think a lot of people thought after my dad died and then knowing we know a lot of people didn't know my sister was not too far behind, but I knew that. And so, no, I definitely care and want to inspire people. But once you don't care anymore, what, how people look at you and you're not worried about that subconsciously, that's only happened in the past few weeks where I just don't care. And I can like then give, I'm not nervous about it anymore. You can't be nervous to have people look at you and be like, well, that's interesting. Whatever. I, I just, that's how I look at it now. So are you, are you referring as far as, so before you say in the last few weeks, you, you stopped caring before that you cared. Um, that's what, what that implies. Are you talking about when it comes to public speaking or are you talking about just in life in general? Life in general. Um, you, I mean, I'm not saying I don't care, but when it doesn't bother me anymore, I think that's the best way when it, like when I didn't have to bring cards and I could just talk to them. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. It just, I don't, I don't care what I look like up there as long as I'm trying to give them my inspirational speech and, and try to help them. It went, and I cared before I was nervous all the time. Right. Well, this is my, I'm the only one who knows my story the way I know it. Uh -huh. People judge me all the time. I hear it all the time. I see it on Facebook. I hear people behind my back do it. I hear things that people say and do. doesn't matter. I know I try, I'm not perfect, but I try to be a good guy. I have my moments, but I like to think I'm a good guy who just wants to share my story. So, as a motivational speaker moving forward, are you, what is, what is your goal? Are you trying to just um, share your story each time, or are you trying to uh, come up with different ways of motivating, uh, say, you know, JV basketball teams? Are you trying to come up with new motivating topics? I, I'm thinking of well, like our, these motivational speakers that we were talking about earlier, like mm -hmm. E.T., the hip hop preacher, and um, even Tony Robbins. They come up with new things to talk about. Are sure. you, is your goal to just go and spread your story, or is your goal to um, become a motivational speaker? Uh, who people can look up to and, and uh, seek motivation from more. Yeah. I want to be an inspirational speaker who I'm going to keep growing. So it's not going to, when I'm 50, Lord willing, I'm not going to just be everything that I'm talking about now will be part of my story, but there'll be more to it. Cause I will have lived more life and everything. Right. So 
no, right now it's just introducing where I'm at. My, I wear I wear my own clothing. I'm very fortunate to wear my please just start jacket, um, shirt every day, and you know I have now a backpack. I had to go out of town the other day. I wore my backpack. No one said anything that day, but that's one day. It doesn't matter. Like I have cards on me all the time, and I tell people I'm a speaker because you cannot be afraid to promote yourself. No one's gonna find out about it. I was that's fortunate true. to be in AJC's. Um, the AJC, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, their Wednesday weight loss, um, uh, little, just like a little bit of a little blurb about you for half a page or whatever, and that was great because I put that out there, and that's how I got my first speaking opportunity. Because I, sh you have to almost like self promote with this because like, yeah. you're gonna sit at home not getting clients otherwise, not getting opportunities to just share. I don't care if I'm talking in front of two people and helping them, hopefully helping them, or if I'm talking in front of 500 people. I know I've got something to share. And before I knew I did, but I didn't believe it myself. It's taken a while, but I, I've always wanted to do something in front of people because in my heart of hearts, I knew I've always had a, not a different life than people, but like, I don't know anyone. And I'm sure there are plenty of people my age who have gone through what I've gone through. I don't know of any of them. I don't know of anyone who's ready to step up and share. Like I put my whole life on Facebook personal life, happy life, sad life, whatever, because that's called life. And so I've someone is going through something I've gone through, but people aren't willing to share it. So are you hoping that by posting your uh, trials and tribulations and highs and lows that mm -hmm. someone else will learn or be able to at least um, relate? Absolutely. And, uh, They're not going to relate to everything because my – I like – I don't feel like my – I don't feel like my story is unique, but in some ways, I mean, it, it is kind of – it's it's kind of crazy. It's, it's kind of – it's still, like I said, it's still almost a year out from my sister passing away, the last person in my family. And by the way, was it the ocular cancer that took your sister's yes. eye? Yes. Yeah. She. But they took her eye. Did that not do it? No. When you take the eye, uh -huh. you have a – I don't know the science behind this. Sure. But you take the eye out. You have it Within two years, you have a 70% chance of the cancer coming back on the liver. Not liver cancer, but on the liver. On the liver. Don't ask me how, who, what, when, where, why, or how, but that that's what it is. What, so, okay. Okay. So – so the 30% sure. that it wouldn't come back, unfortunately, has never been in our favor. I'm not saying woe is me. I'm just being completely honest with you. Right. And so it came back within two years. And after that, you have about five, four to five to six years left. All the mathematics, unfortunately. She lasted a week over uh, eight years. So, okay. So the the – Within two years, it came back and it was on her liver. Yes, and then the it spreads ocular, all over. Mm -hmm. Ocular cancer goes to your liver. Yeah, because the eyes and stuff, all in your face has a lot to do. Like your mouth has a lot to do with your chest. And so, I, again, I don't know the science behind it. Right. I just no, know what's okay. unfortunately real. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It goes. It goes on to the can the cancer goes on to the liver, but it's not liver cancer. That's just where it metastasized, and then it's all over her back and everywhere. She. It was very, very rough. And I was in Atlanta, and she was in New York. And I'm very fortunate she had her fiancé, who I'm very close with to this day. I'm very fortunate about that. He's my brother for life. And, yeah, um, yeah it's, just, it's, just, it's just rough because she all she wanted to do was help people. And, you know, it's not – doesn't mean she should be uh, never touched by anything. You, just, you don't know. You don't know. That's why you please just start whatever it is. You want a new car. Go work toward doing that. You want a different job. Don't complain about your job. There's so many jobs in the world just in general. You could do online stuff now. Maybe you make a little less, but you're actually happy. Not just saying a nine to five, you're not happy. But if you're unhappy, if you're in that situation, then you're going to be happy. You're making a little less, but maybe a little less stressful. Whatever it is. If you want to start speaking, I'm talking right now to 
at Brookwood has given me a great platform there and I will be forever thankful. I want to speak across the country. I want to talk to colleges because it took me two and a half years. That's also something that I'm not talking about a lot right now, but I can talk that people wanted me to just say, just quit and get a job. You're not going to like, that's what, that's what I was told all the time. You're never going to get your degree. Well, in nine, in nine and a half years, I got three quarters of the way done in that last full calendar year of January of 14 to December 14, I got 30 credits. I got my last full year. If you want it bad enough in life, you'll find a way and the excuses will just stop. So um, what is your degree in? My degree is from Georgia Southern University because it was just, uh, okay. it was down in Statesburg. Down in Statesburg. <laughs> and I never went down there to class, so I never actually oh, graduated. Wow. From there. It was all online last year. I went there for a year. Okay. I, not there. I went to the community college nearby, sure. East uh-huh. Georgia College. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, good and bad memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet. Me. I can imagine. But I'm both. glad that you graduated. Um, yes. So it's what a was it bachelor in? of. It was the second year. It was work. It was it was around. This is like the second year. I just came at the perfect time. I went to GeorgiaOnMyLine.com and looked to see all the different all different doctorates. I was never going to get one. Masters. I was never going to get one. I just wanted <laughs> to get this damn undergrad degree, bachelor's degree, and I got it in. Uh, it was a bachelor of general studies with an emphasis in business management and sociology so uh, i put everything oh, kind sociology. of like a little bit of, who knew cool. that that was gonna help me maybe with yeah. some speaking opportunities but you, you don't know and life is very unpredictable every single day man i love sociology i love it. it's essentially the study of how humans interact mm-hmm. with each other right absolutely i find that fascinating uh, i think that's why i'm so drawn to wanting to do something like this like a podcast just, sure just uh how people interact with each other different People from everybody has a completely different walk of life. Everybody has a story to share. If yeah, they want to. It doesn't have to be in front of people. It seems to but be everyone the theme, has. Yeah. Well, yeah, because everyone. I'm not saying look at me, look at me. I'm just I'm just willing to be vulnerable every day and share my and share what I've been through. Absolutely. So when you wake up, what drives you? Is it the fact that? You, is it is it is it to continue this story? Is it is it to help other people? Is it to um, uh, maintain your family's legacy? Yes. Uh, th- all of it or, or that <laughs> a lot of what you just said pretty much everything a little bit but all i have left is my parents names pictures my parents names my sister's name she wrote she had a letter she wrote before she passed away that was given to me was mailed to me about a week and a half after she died she died on a friday and i think it was that not that following tuesday but either that tuesday or the tuesday after i knew i knew deep down i didn't know this for certain but i knew something was going to come to me from melissa and it was her handwriting. I was like, uh, wait a minute. She's passed away. This is really freaky. But she she had it written already before she passed away. And her friend wanted to, she wanted her friend to send it to me. Okay, so this was a letter that she wrote specifically to you? Yes. She wrote a few to different people in our okay. family. And when stuff. did she write them? Like that I don't know because she was in and out of the hospital like for the last – month or so so okay. it was sometimes she goes this isn't meant to be drawn out and like i start i hadn't been able to cry yet except at the funeral uh t- uh, four days after she died when I, we went up to richmond for it and i just bought it was so needed to just cleanse my soul like she was talking to me there she says this isn't meant to be drawn out she went on and on in a good way she, she went on to say more things and at the end she goes you are my legacy and that just punched me in a, a positive push I had already gotten to my where I am weight wise now. I've just maintained it for over a year, and it's keeping me going. Cause I, not that I am any way not trying to keep going, but it it is very hard. It's very hard to wake up every day knowing you don't have a mom to call. Like I said, she passed away when I was twelve. But everything when a new death happens, everything from that comes up. And then the next one was my dad. 
okay, now my parents are gone. Melissa and I are parentless. And she has uh, basically nine days, to be honest again, nine days shy of a year and a half left. And then I'm fully on my own. I had no idea I was ready. My dad knew I was ready. Not a clue I could handle anything on my own. So your dad knew you didn't. Yeah, I don't think he knew when I took him down. Walking, he was in the hospital, or um, or um, he was in the hospital, or his um, hospice for his last week, for for two months, for eight nine weeks. And hospice eight. is a rough thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he and he stopped dialysis, so it's it's not yeah. funny, but it's kind of like interesting. So on a Friday, on Friday August, t- uh, I guess it was Friday, August fourth, uh, because mathematically we got this. Uh, he was like. We finally de- he finally decided he was gonna he was gonna end it, and so he goes what time he goes what time can I get off dialysis? They're like Gordon, you can get off now. You're not ever coming back to help your life like to help you stay alive. And he goes okay. So I had to go get his stuff from where he was trying to get a little rehab that he couldn't even lift his arm. He goes Scott, I can't even lift my arms anymore. Come to find out, about two years later, his anniversary of his two years, I went to go see at his dialysis center. I went to go see the social worker who helped transition him to hospice. She's like yeah, he's gonna have to have both. Rotator cuff surgeries on both rotator cuffs. He didn't want to spend that money when he knew he had no quality left anyway. And trying to come back from that, he probably had three or four months left, maybe, of good quality, maybe, or not, not quality, but before, before he he went delirious for ten days and had um sepsis for ten days. So that was the difference this time because he always put his port for dialysis port in his chest, and they said, Gordon, don't do that. It's going to kill you one day. He every year like clockwork, he would get an infection. He wanted it to be – they wanted him to be a fistula in his arm, but he was an attorney. So he didn't want to show any weakness if he took his jacket off or whatever in his office just having a, a white right. shirt on with a tie or whatever. He didn't want to show weakness to his clients, so he would never do that. They're like, it doesn't matter. So he he literally had it there, and they're like, it's going to kill you one day. Sure enough, that's pretty much what killed him. Is He couldn't come back this time from the infection with everything that happened. What kind of attorney was he? He was criminal defense. Oh, wow. That's – he had people walk-ups every day that would come out of jail, and they would need him. Wow. How long did he do that for? 35 years. 35 years. Did you ever consider going into law yourself? He said, Scott, you can do anything you want. He kept calling me his junior partner. He goes, you can do anything you want in life as long as you get your law degree. <laughs> I said, I don't think so. <laughs> what are you going to do then? I'm like, I wanted to be a teacher. I knew deep yeah. down I never wanted – I thought I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to be, but I, I, I didn't. I just – I, a lot of my mentors have been teachers at Brookwood and, and feel like family to me. So I, that's one of the reasons I want to do it. Cause if they're doing it, I can hang with them. They're all, you know, wor- working on trying to, um, you know, uh, retire and all that now. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm to do something and my life has kind of turned into for what I wanted. I, I've known for a while I wanted to be a speaker even before I lost my weight. And everyone's like, you don't have anything to talk about. You haven't done anything. Well, I've changed my life and I've been through what I've been through so I can give, it's not right or wrong. It's my perspective on life. We all have a perspective. Sure. And again, I don't mean to keep saying this, but so many people have a story to share that they're just not willing to. They can't be vulnerable for whatever reason. I cannot imagine not being able to share my story every day because someone's going through something that I've gone through is the weight they're going to lose. Unfortunately, we're all going to lose family members at some point or another. And well, it's just like my perspective, what I've been through. Well, I think some people might just be more private about it. Maybe and there's uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right. Everybody's just different. Um, some people, their story is theirs to have. They don't necessarily feel inclined to let anybody else in. Or and my sister was like that, but she was in theater, and so she, we thought she was going to be on Broadway one day. But she was very private. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong for being private, but I can't. In my situation, I can't imagine 
not talking about it. Because it's the only thing that's really going to help not keep me going. I'm not saying it like dramatic like that, but it's going to help me keep going. We'll just say that. So are you are you trying to be a speaker for you or are you trying to be a speaker for the people that you're speaking to? I think everyone involved. Because it's going to help me. Yeah. Sharing it more is going to help not give me closure, but it's going to help my soul cleanse from everything it's, to uh, share it. It's cathartic. Absolutely. The five times I've done it. I was really nervous at the beginning. This last one we talked about a week ago. Yeah. I wasn't nervous. I didn't really wing it. I knew in my head because I had a PowerPoint finally that like I had help with the PowerPoint. And I appreciate someone who helped me for sure. Helped me a lot with that. So you can I'm, give him a shout out if you want. Okay. You thank you, Ashley. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ashley. She's a she's like a leadership uh, coach and tries to ins- inspire people that way. She's not an inspirational or motivational speaker. She's a public speaker with uh, like negotiations and stuff like that. Oh, but she's cool. do- done it a lot longer than I have. I'm v- I'm very much a newbie and I do not act like I've been here and done that. I'm just uh-huh. starting on this thing and I'm never gonna look back again. Like my weight. Please just start. This is my new just start. When you're on that elliptical, I, d- I did want to ask you this earlier. Absolutely. What? Oh, oh uh, yeah. I, thought you said, I thought you asked me, how's Louie? I was like, uh, who the Who's fuck is Louie? Louis? I, don't, I don't know who Louie is either, but we can, we can, um, we can learn no. together. <laughs> so I actually um, – I get on the elliptical a lot myself, uh, <laughs> by no means like you. Um, and, and when I was losing all my weight, I, I did it I, – I was a little different when I did it. Um, I actually went down to the tennis court with my dog, Dakota, and I would just run around the tennis court. And the the tennis court next to it had been broken down to make a soccer field. Oh, wow. Which ended up being <laughs> shitty as hell. It was very patchy. And it, it, it was, you're going to break your ankle if you um, really went hard on it. So mm. it just sat there basically um, after that. But anyway, they, they broke it up and they had all this rubble that they were um, going to be bringing in a, bulldoze, a bulldozer in to uh, lift up and put it in a dumpster that they left. But it took two weeks go by and there's no bulldozer. The rubble's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So um, that was about the same time that I decided to start losing all my weight. So I actually would go down, I'd grab a big piece of rubble, I'd hold it over my head and oh, yeah? run around, around the tennis, the tennis court courts Very for cool. 10, 15 mm-hmm. laps, however. And then I would throw it in the, in the dumpster and I'd pick up another one and I'd keep going. And I'd just do that until I was tired. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I did that for uh, June and July. I, I was working in elementary schools at the time. And uh, so I, it was the summer, so I had the summer off. Mm-hmm. So every day, that's just what I did. I would do that. I got myself a gym membership at a, a local college. So it was a really nice big gym. Mm-hmm. And I'd go play basketball, and then I'd lift weights. But it's also how I tore my shoulder <laughs> because I didn't good know what I was bad, doing. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go with the bad. I, I, I was overdoing it for sure. I, I just I wanted to lose that weight so bad. Sure. But anyway, that's that's um, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there. But so nowadays, I do a lot of elliptical. There's one down here at the apartment, uh, nice. the apartment gym, and then um, uh, where I work at the office, they actually have a, a pretty decent fitness center Very cool. um, that I'll go to. I actually went there today, and I do about 20 minutes on the elliptical Very when good. I can. I, I, I try to at least four times a week, but at the very least three. That's good. Um, yeah, and so I do that for 20 minutes, and if I add some stretching and if I add a 30-minute yoga session at least once a week, I'm happy. I, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm doing well because my diet's uh, on point at, uh, yeah. on the outside of that. Other than today, I kind of uh, had someone bought donuts at work. He was uh, awesome. It was so cool that he did that. He spent like thirty bucks uh, just in so donuts. So it would have been rude not to have. It was, it was so funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I ate three. <laughs> just, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, cause, and there was extras, uh, and I considered it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna bring one home. No, I'm not. I'm gonna go. I just turned away and I just walked away. You know, you just gotta mm-hmm. distance yourself. You gotta exactly. run away. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, being on the elliptical, uh, it has been a struggle for me trying to find ways to just stay entertained, to get through it. Because when I first started getting on the elliptical, which was probably like, I don't know, four or five months ago, because before that I, I was weight training a little more and I decided I, I need to stop this because my shoulder started hurting. Sure. And so I've been doing the elliptical since. But um, 
when I first started, it was tough to make it to f- even 15 minutes. I was so bored. I'm so bored because just dirt, 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 dirt. Just you wait, know, you wait, just, what was it again? <laughs> you can see it in your head, I know, because you've been on the elliptical uh, so long. But it's, uh, uh, okay, I just want to make sure right, I heard left, you right, left. That's all. Yeah, it's that's just, all. It's so it's so repetitive. So for me, uh, it uh, I found recently the way to get through it is by listening to audiobooks on YouTube. That's good. Yeah. Um, so that's what that's what gets it for me it actually passes the time or i i listen to little like 10 minute snippets of espn talking about the most recent you know playoff games <laughs> exactly oh man i hope that's not copyrighted <laughs> i hope i don't get sued for that sorry it's okay uh you were off uh, you were off key and so it, nothing wrong with that we're, we're good to go so yeah it, it wasn't the right note espn so thank don't. goodness <laughs> anyway i anyway. did it on purpose i could really sing just kidding so the last five minutes of me rambling has been leading up to me asking, what did you do when you were on the elliptical uh, when you first started? How, how, did, how did you get TV? It? And I know it's, oh, it's the only okay. thing that I can – I can't do a um, – What did you watch? All, I watch all different things. I, yeah. I now have – I just got – I introduced myself to DVR a couple months ago. Oh, I, you, I welcome you to realize the 20- that's been around for yeah, a while now, right? Don't tell me that. But yes, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Um, just finally started doing that, so I have lots of stuff I need to watch, and so. Sure. What are you DVR right? Uh, right lots now? of those shows, like uh, like uh, the Good Doctor. I, really? I'm actually about to start watching this season's The Bachelor on 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 demand. Hey, you gonna, yes. you gonna pick up plug. on the podcast? I got you. <laughs> A little plug for the. Yeah, and I will I will w- listen to it once I've caught up. The Bachelor and Chill podcast that I do with my ex girlfriend Kendra Gilbert, right? That's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I appreciate that though. Of course, um, but yeah, but I'm when you do listen to it, please let me know what you think. I absolutely we, will. We uh, we've been talking about that for a couple years, and uh, to finally get down and do it, it's been really exciting. That's good. Yeah, it's something to look forward to each week. You know, absolutely. Um, and and then, I, I love that stuff, and I watch uh, stuff on YouTube from it after I've watched it and stuff too. Like I, I do too. I, yeah. I just I just lately I've been I've been. Uh, just dealing with some different things, so I have not, uh, wa- I have not felt like I wanted to watch it right this second. But I, I'm getting back into. You mean it. watch Bachelor or watch anything? Just The Bachelor. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I, no, I love. I watch TV every day. I just hadn't watched The Bachelor lately. See, for me, when I'm going through some shit in my life, like if I, like it's personal mm-hmm. and I and I'm having to get my emotions in check, and they're they're all over the place. I can't watch anything because that's I, been my problem lately. It, it's it's an escape for 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 sure, and sometimes it's that's fun. Yeah, but when you don't feel like you can do it, yeah, you can watch it, and then you're just gonna be like, it'll be passing just the time or whatever. But you're not enjoying it, then it's no time to watch it right then. Yeah, especially if, if my heart's feeling like it's in turmoil, which it's felt like uh, for uh, I mean, not recently, but there was a couple weeks there where it, it sure. was it was not I wasn't in a good spot, and so I would watch something, but then I yeah. when I get done, I'd be right in the same spot. I'd be mm-hmm. right back yeah. to my pain. Mine's been up and down, so yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, but so okay, good doctor. Is that the one with the um? It's the kid, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh like I don't want to say aut- he has autism. Autism. Okay. He's not really a kid. He's in his twenties, but yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, like Doogie Howser was yeah, but yeah. Was oh, Doogie Howser. I never yeah. saw that, but Neil Patrick Harris yeah. all day, man. I love uh-huh. I love NPH. But yeah, he has aut- yeah. It's a great show. I usually watch that on Monday nights, but like I have that on demand now. I love some different um thirty minute comedy shows on TV. Yeah, thirty minute comedy shows like mm-hmm. like like what? Uh, let's see. Um. The neighborhood. I like a few of the uh, the neighborhood. neighborhood. Um, off the top of my head, it's hard to think. Like, but sure. they're on they're on my DVR as of a few months ago because cool. I just got introduced to it by myself. Let's shift the conversation right now. You were telling me that um, you wanted people to understand that what I want to show people that you can't let that I, I mean that I have sucked at times in life. Sure. That 
I was woe is me. Please feel sorry for me. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to turn your life around. I want to show people that you can suck, that Scott sucked at life. And we all know it for this reason, that reason, or the other reason. But that I can turn my shit around. That's really what I wanted to show, that I want to show with my speaking and what I've done with my life since I've had all these, um, this unfortunate situation with being the last person in my family alive. So no matter where you are in life, no matter how low you think you've gone, you can always turn it around. You can always turn around, but it has to be no one telling you to turn around. That, that doesn't work. Telling you to lose weight, telling you to get a better job, nothing. It's up to you and you alone in your heart of hearts. So it's a can decision, I do this? It's a decision that you have to make in your mind, in your heart, in your soul with yourself. Every single day. And I totally agree. However, after that, after that, once you've made that decision and you start down that road, it's very important to have a support system, right? I believe it is, yes. Did you have one yourself? I have had a lot of people, uh, some family friends that I've uh, gone to for a lot of things. Uh, my my good friend, my cousin, and uh, you know a few others. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I have a good support system. But you know, at some point, you have to. You don't need to run everything. Definitely, for me being alone, I don't feel like I need to run everything by anyone anymore. I'm I'm left alone at now thirty four years old as I'm talking about this. By myself for some reason. And I got this. My dad, probably two months before he passed away, when he went in the hospital for the last time, he walked down, I walked him down the stairs for the last time. There was no way he thought I was ready. But he stopped dialysis to die because he had no quality of life left, as we talked about. So he knew I was ready when I didn't even know I was ready myself. And you don't, you don't know anything until wait, you know something. Wait, you mean he knew that you were ready, but you didn't, or what, for, for you to be? Do you, do you think that your dad... Uh, went off of dialysis and decided to pass away because he thought that you were ready? Do you think he was holding on because of you? I think a lot of it was because he never, he said I was always immature, but he never gave me a chance to show my maturity. I asked him if I could help him with his law stuff, maybe go run errands for him. No, Scott, I got it. I'm like, okay, I just wanted to be there for you because he was he was struggling a lot. It, it, he was struggling all the time. Dialysis took a lot out of him. People don't realize with dialysis, you go three days a week for a minimum of four hours a day. Yeah, no, I, my granddad went through it yeah. for many years. Um, I mean, a lot of people know, but a lot of people do not know. And to it's, 2011, yeah, yeah um, that was that was a really tough time for me. He went through hospice as well. My granddad did. Sorry to hear um, that. The only person that I've seen actually pass away. You know, like like die in front of me mm-hmm. is my granddad. So I, I've definitely been there myself. Sure. And that's why um, earlier I mentioned hospice. Hospice is tough to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Uh, he was ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Crazy so, that sounds. So are, do you, are you, are you, it sounds like to, to me what you're saying with, with your dad is that at the end of his days um, when he was ready to go, he was thinking only about you. Do you, do you not think he was thinking a little bit about himself? It sounds a little bit like he, he might have been thinking about himself too. I mean, well, he was thinking about my sister as well. He most okay. my sister and my dad didn't have the best of relationships, but they also had closure. Sure. And I'm very happy about that. A lot of people have said to me after my sister died, "Your dad and your sister didn't get along at all." I said, "At times they didn't. That is very true. But at the end, they had closure that you wouldn't know about because you're just being told things by someone who has no idea in themselves." And I knew exactly who that was. So it's like people don't need to assume anything people need to ask questions and if you're willing to answer you'll learn something if not don't people don't need to assume for a reason and we all know what that is assuming is really tough because it it means that people are taking um what little knowledge they have and they're um expounding upon it to make this whole big book of knowledge for sure and, and it's as if they're all of a sudden an expert for, right for lack of a better uh, no absolutely i agree it. with you wholeheartedly um, and and it, 
when when you're on the receiving end of assumptions, it, it can really hurt your feelings because it's like you didn't take the time to understand where I'm coming from. You Absolutely. just decided uh, to take the knowledge that you have given what you know already and what you know f- about what just happened in my life and you've uh, gleaned upon that and you think that you understand what just happened without actually talking to me about it. When, if you had talked to me about it, maybe you would have came to the same assumption or conclusion, sure, but more than likely, not. I think a lot of that has to do with, this is my one of my new favorite words I said in my speech last week, empathy. I think that's one of the things in this world that's really lacking is empathy. You don't have to understand sympathy. You you know what they're going through, and I'm so sorry. I, I've dealt with this, whatever. Yeah, sympathy is different. Right, but empathy. I I don't think I'm the only one who's been this age and lost, you know, my whole immediate family. I'm not saying that, but you, people, if they want to help you for real, they need to be able to think about it in the sense of. What does Scott need? Not what I would do in his situation. That's not going to be helpful at all to anyone whatsoever. Like, let me put my shoes on. Let me put my shoes in. Let me take a, a walk a mile in Scott's yeah, shoes. Yeah, t- 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 just take a take a step. Take one step in mine. I'm not saying I'm courageous for this, but you have no, most people who don't know what this is like to be the last person this young in your life. They have no clue. They have no clue how hard it is to wake up every morning being the last person in your immediate family. I'm very sad it's happened every sure, day. Yeah. I'm not mad because this is what this is what was already planned. I'm not getting religious. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying, like, I can't do anything about it now. So I don't move on. I, I have to move forward. And by me speaking about it in front of— You, you don't move on, but you move forward. Yes. Is we never move on. Because when I don't like the personally, anyone can say whatever they want. I do not like the terms "move on" because it sounds like you're leaving it behind you. Mm. No, move forward because they, my family would want me to live my life, and I'm very fortunate that I'm going to be able to share my journey all the time in front of people. And if one person takes it away, if there's ten people there and one person takes it away, or if there's five hundred people and one person takes it away that day, then that's a one. I'm going one to know that day. Okay, absolutely. So. It really is about just going out there and trying to change a life if you can. Sure. For the because, yeah, there, there's no I, – I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it again. There's no other reason I'm 33, 34, being the last person in my family not to share my journey because also I've never been able to lose weight in my life. I did maybe for two weeks go to Lifetime Fitness paying over $70 a month, just getting fatter. But one time I would go and lose – uh, went on the elliptical for two weeks, lost a few, couple of pounds – Real proud. And then I went to a diner and got the biggest piece of cake for eight, nine dollars. That's not sustainable, like we talked about. I never looked back the day I started, but it took me three months to fully get my food right. Again, I said, I've not had dessert, fast food, or fried food. And now I get since February of 18. And I used to get more excited about going to eat it than ever trying to talk about not having it. Right. And so that, that just tells you the, the the mind shift of it. So do you ever have any cheat days? Absolutely, I I don't want to say absolutely not because people do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I personally do not. Really, I mean, like, okay, what's the closest you've come to cheating? Like nothing, right? really. Like I'm not I'm not interested in that personally, but I'm not putting down anyone. You who have has to do them. you you your body still needs sugar. I mean, that's a known fact. So what are you doing for sugar? I have fruit that has okay, uh, no fruit. added sugar. Cool. Yeah. I have little cups at night, little fruit cups at night. Sure. Oh, okay. That makes but this sense. is no added sugar. It's like yeah, that, but that's it. Like I've not had one cookie. I used to I used to go to uh, a gas station. The two months my dad was in the hospital before he came home. Sorry, the last 
the last two months my dad was in the hospital before he passed away. Sure. I would go to a local uh, uh, quick trip and I would walk in and they say, two more brownies tonight? And I said, yep. And I couldn't wait to go home and do that for a second. And then when I get home, I like hit my head. I'm like, Scott, why did you do that? Because in that moment, that was exciting. Immediate regret. And I live my life with no regrets now as much as I can. I ain't perfect. I'm never going to say I'm going to be one day. Probably even for one 24 hours, I'm not going to be perfect doing exactly what I not say what I should be doing, but to be a perfect person. But I'm doing the best I can every day, trying to trying to move forward every day. And I have some setbacks with it. You know, it's the coming up. Like I said, it's right around the time of my sister's passing first year. I don't have any of that other immediate family to to link on to. No one knows what I'm going through that I'm around that I've been around. So I want people to have empathy in this world. It's one thing I really want to start talking about in schools, college kids, even if I if I get fortunate enough to get to speak to um, corporate people, because my story is about life, life and death. Actually, my story is not about weight loss. I don't mind talking about it, but how I lost weight and did it in 11 months and that be my main focus. I understand that's not how most people can do. I understand that. I'm cognizant of that. So my story is not about weight loss because you're not going to take a blueprint from me except to hashtag, please just start whatever it is. And it could be weight loss, but it does not have to be. I understand. It's about just starting on whatever journey you need to get started on, whether it's weight loss or drug addiction recovery, anything of that nature. That's what you're getting at. And you're so right when you talk about empathy. That is something that a lot of people don't exercise today. And I, I think that they don't even realize that they're capable of it. I the ability to um, understand what someone else is going through, to be able to feel what they're experiencing. That doesn't necessarily mean – it's essentially putting yourself in their shoes, right? But mm-hmm. it's still something that you're able to do even if you have never been there. You can still appreciate that someone um, is struggling. Just to – you have know, to man. You have I, to put it in – How's Scott doing with this? Why is Scott doing it this way? Why are they doing what they're doing? Yeah. Not Why what you saying? want or what you think is best cuz that doesn't really matter in this case. Yeah, you don't to... put your shoe don't put your shoes on my shoes. That w- you can't glide like that. You right, can't right, right. walk. Take yourself out of the equation mm-hmm. and put the other and, and 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 then look at what the other person is doing and say, "Okay, okay, they they just showed up late to work." Instead of um instead of saying Hey, you made it. You're late to work. You're gonna stay five minutes late. Hmm? Yeah, you're gonna stay five minutes late. Oh, I'm gonna dock your pay a couple dollars. Whatever the hell a mm-hmm. manager would say. I don't sure. know. Um, but instead of that, how about? Hey, I noticed that you were late. You know what? What's going on? Um, you know, do you need help with anything? Did something? And that's tough. At the same time, I get it because a lot of people are lazy and they will abuse people who For have sure. empathy. That's that's really where it's tough, man, because there are abusers and there's users in this world when it comes to people. For sure. People will abuse people. People will use people. And then there are good, genuine people who actually do have that empathy. And mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of them end up in uh, like social work or sure. um, like they end up being psychologists, psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. They end up being nurses and doctors. Um, I think people who have a lot of empathy like that. I, 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 I personally feel like I have a good amount of empathy. And actually, I don't think I could be a doctor. So actually, I'm going to kind of go back on the whole doctor thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't become a doctor because that would have been tough for me to deal with a, um, deal with, um, to, to, to have a patient mm-hmm. who for is sure. going through cancer or something. And you got to like, deliver bad news. Yeah. That would, that would be, I, that would, 
honestly ruined my whole day and obviously it ruins their whole life right, right. I, I, i'm not taking away from that i just mean that's why I, I i feel as though you definitely have to have empathy to be a doctor yeah and that's, that's you're not gonna last long after like med school if sword, not. isn't yeah. it oh if you have no empathy whatsoever sure i mean that's not gonna work at all you because get through the book work but that's it yeah i mean you, uh, you gotta have some kind of bedside manner right but yeah i mean just empathy is um such a big thing and it's a, it comes down to emotional intelligence can I share a story with you? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. So I've said this a lot and this is the craziest thing. So, and, it, and it's, it's really hard, but I'm going to, I get through it because I want to share because it's talking about empathy and not judging. I think empathy and not judging one another when you've never been able or going to be able. And a lot of times you don't want to be in other people's shoes. I get that. But when you can't imagine it and here I go here, just, I'll just start the story. So my sister went regularly from, she lived in New York with her fiance and she went to Philadelphia normally, a, a, a bus, a, a train ride over to uh, Philadelphia all the time for treatments, all the time. She said, Scott, do not, I'm not going to do her voice because I don't know how to do it like I just tried to do my dad's. But she said, Scott, don't come up here. I'm doing this independently. I may have someone else. I want to be up here. I don't want you to be up here. You're going to be bored, whatever. She just said, do not come. I said, okay. I, I wanted to always go and be there for her. I was, I was able to be, so I wanted to. She said don't, so I understood that. So long story short, in uh, May, May of 2018, she had this chance, like a 20, I think 20% chance to reverse her cancer by laying in a bed in Pittsburgh, the other side of the state of uh, Pennsylvania, and lay in a bed and have a chance to take out all her cells and then put them all back in and they try to kill the cancer. Now, it was a, overall it was a very low chance, but when you know the inevitable is coming up anyway, right. you wanna, you wanna well. see what you might as well. So she, unfortunately she ended up getting sicker from it. But I tell you this because I said, uh, I was so excited because she was going there, she has not said Scott, like, Pit, like Philadelphia, do not come up here. We talked about her going up there, her fiance, Jay was gonna go up a lot and help her. It was cool. It was all good. So I was like, yes. She did not tell me I could not go. So a little bit into it because I wanted her fiance to be up there more. I didn't want to interrupt their time, whatever. So I like a week and a half, two weeks into it, I make a plane reservation. I pull up my big boy pants and I make my plane reservation. I get my own uh, way um, transportation in a van to get from the airport to go to the to go see her at the hospital there. And I'm all excited. I got a hotel room across the street. I didn't think she would be pumped that I was coming, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. So I get there, and I, I get on the floor, find the floor she's on, and I find the nurse for Melissa. And I go, hi, I'm Melissa's little brother from Atlanta, Scott. She goes, oh, she's going to be so excited to see you. I said, well, I don't think she's going to be excited, but hopefully she won't be so mad at me for surprising her. She goes, She takes me into her room. Melissa, she goes, Melissa, your little brother came. She, she is laying further away. She's laying on her stomach to her left side, away from the door. Like as further away as she could be laying on this bed. Hurting, in her mind, not looking good enough for me to see her. She goes, with, with some non-pleasantries and some differing words. She goes, basically, I told you not to come. And a few words edited that I'm not gonna not gonna share with you guys on here. I'm sure you can imagine what they were. And I'm like, she she threw something at she threw a letter at me that she had gotten. She didn't want to open it. 
And she says, get it out of here. And I actually, after that day, I never saw her again. And that was May of, that was May of 2018. And she died February of 19. Now it hurt that that was happening. I was, I was, I was not hurt. I was sad. Here's the kicker to all that. And I am not complaining about her. I'm not talking negative. This is just a fact. And this is about not judging other people. We only talked four times on the phone since then, from, from then on until she died. From me going up there. She was at some point going to get rid of me anyway. She thought that was the best thing to do. Is I didn't understand that, because but I had empathy for her. But I didn't understand that because we already didn't have parents. We knew inevitably she was going to pass away. We didn't know it was going to be February 1st, 2019. But we knew it was going to be sooner than later. So I couldn't, I was like, huh? But I can't judge that because I'm not, I'm not 37 knowing I'm going to die soon, leaving a fiancé behind in New York and leaving her little brother who has no one left in his immediate family. I don't know what that's like to know she's about to know that she's about to die. I, I, I don't know that. Hopefully, we all don't know that at a young age, but life happens. Life happens. Right. So we talked four times from then. She called me. Uh, I, I sent her flowers for her birthday in August. She sent me a thank you note back. So that was a communication, but that was it then. Before that, nothing. No communication. She, we talked uh, a little bit on the um, on text within the next week after I went up there. She said, you only do what you want. You, don't, you, you just do what you want. I'm about to block you from everything. Don't respond back to me, whatever. And I responded. She goes, see, you don't even listen. And I'm like, I'm sorry. She blocked me right then. She blocked me on Facebook, blocked me we, on Instagram. We were only friends for a few weeks following each other on Instagram. And she did all that. I didn't know. I couldn't find her anywhere. I really was. I didn't want to put Jay in an awkward spot, so I didn't really call him much. To like, okay, that's his, that's his life, his, his, his lady. And to deal with little brother, I just didn't want to put him in the middle. So I didn't do that. We talked here and there, but that was it. And then she called me. I had looked at my phone at 11 o'clock p.m. exactly. 11 p.m. on my birthday, November 21st. 11.01, nothing showing up on my phone at all. No missed calls, no texts, nothing. She calls me at 11.01. She sounded, not I don't want to say horrible, but she didn't sound well. And she said, I didn't want you know your, your birthday to come and me not wish you happy birthday. And I said, I really appreciate that. I start like not crying, but I'm really excited. We hang up from that. I tell her that I was going to be on that Fox 5 thing uh, with the interview. I was really excited. She goes, I'm so happy about that. She knew the girl who had hooked, made it happen, so I told her about that. And then she doesn't call me again till. I'll never forget it. It was Sunday, December 16th. Remember those dates? I'll remember it for the rest of my life. She calls me at 6.37 p.m. We talked for about 18 minutes and some odd seconds. I remember it because I looked at it and I'll never forget. 6.37 p.m. on Sunday, December 16th. She calls me and I start bawling when she picks up. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I can admit when I cry. We need to start doing that too. We need to be able to cry if we need to cry and it not be pinned against us anybody. But anyway, I digress. So she said, when I start bawling, she goes, I didn't want to call and upset you. I said, I'm not upset. I'm just a human being and I've been waiting for this for so long. So we start talking about when they take her body from New York to, to uh, Richmond where she's laid to rest. And she goes, you know, Scott, when they, when they take my body, that'll no longer be me. That was just my shell. I said, I know. As I'm bawling, <laughs> I said, I know. You'll always be in my heart. She goes, that's exactly right. And we were just talking about different things. I, it was a moment I, that that 18 minutes and some odd seconds, I'll, I'll never forget as long as I'm alive. Because that's an out-of-body experience. Talking to your sister who's 37, fighting for her life, knowing good and well that this that I'm going to be the last person here. And I don't want to keep emphasizing it, but at the same time, it's still hard to fathom almost a, about a year out from my sister being gone 
that I wake up every morning being the last person in my family. That's why I reiterate it because I won't want people to take their life for granted. We're all here one moment and gone the next when it happens. So I don't want you to have regrets in life. That's what my whole story is about. So we talked then. She called me back two more. She called me back two weeks later on the 30th. We talked. That was morning time right before I was going to get my normal lunch at the time. She goes, what are you doing? I said, about to go get some lunch. And she goes, okay, we talked for a little bit more about some things about when she was going to go and stuff and how she wanted her funeral. She was a funeral director, as I said. So she wanted, she had everything laid out. She already had the obituary written out. She wrote it. It was exactly what she wanted, everything. It was exactly how she wanted it. I'm so glad we were all able to keep it the way she wanted it. No fighting. Amen to that. One good thing. Then she calls me. You know how when you think about this, when it's like happy new year and it's, 12.01 12.01 a.m. and it's the next year. So it's 2019. About 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm just getting to sleep. And she's, she, the phone rings. It says, Melissa. She goes, I go, hello. She goes, Scott, is that you? I said, yeah. She goes, I'm having a, I was just having a dream. I was in the middle of the ocean. All of a sudden, I heard your name. So she's already dying right then. That, remember, is January 1st. When did she die? February 1st. It was a month out. She was already dying then. You don't have a dream you're in the middle of the ocean and you call someone accidentally, your brother. There's a reason that happened. Didn't know it was going to be a month exactly later, but it happened. So I will never judge her for that. Was I sad? And I can admit it every day. Was I sad? We couldn't talk for that time. And I wish I could have gotten that back and just dealt with her death the way I had to no matter what anyway. It didn't help me that. But I have empathy for her. So I'm not going to judge her on that. Because again, I don't know what it's like to be in her shoes at that moment. Leaving behind a fiance and a little brother who has no family left. I don't know what that's like. So who am I to judge it? Who is anybody to judge anybody? Especially when you'll never be able to walk a moment in anyone's shoes that you're going to judge. Because you just can't. Nothing is the exact same way every time. Nothing. So do not judge anyone ever. Please. But, okay, um, why would you have judged your sister? I, 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 I wouldn't, but like people were upset. Like, I'm, like, I'm not going to be upset at her. I'm not, I was sad that that was oh, reality, okay. but I was never mad at her. You're I never ups- thought negative of her once. So you're upset with her for, or you, you, you feel like people wanted you to be upset with her for not reaching out to you as much? Yeah, and the, it pissed them off or whatever. I'm like, it sucked. Okay. But okay. I, I can't do anything about it. So what are you, like, how are you going to handle things you can't control? I learned a lot in that time. You have to deal with things you, only you can control. I stopped – after 370 days, I stopped one day. It was in December right after I hit my year and five-day mark because I knew she was going to die soon. I didn't want something that I couldn't control to control when me when I stopped my days in a row. A year and five days was enough. I went and bought a suit strictly for her for her funeral. It was about a month, a month and a half too early. I didn't know when. It was $105. We sent a thing here, 105 days. 105, there's another 105 something that, that mixed with it. I'm not all about trying to find it, but like they find me, whatever the number, like the numbers that we talk about that I know numbers because that's all I have left in my family. My, I, my mom and dad's birthdays were near each other. They died I, I, uh, 19 years, one month and three days from each other. It's so easy. It was very easy to do in my head, but I know that 19 years, one month and three days from each other because that's all I have left to talk about them now. I can talk about how they were or whatever. But remember, I lost my mom when I was 12. So, And then I would like to add this point here just to give another perspective in life. So my dad and I were never perfect. 
But seven months after my after my mom passed away, I'm I'm 12 when she dies, and I'm 13 seven months after. And he sent me to live with my aunt. It was more like boot camp, if I'm going to be completely honest. I don't want to be negative about her, but it was absolutely terrible, and that's my truth. I'm not trying to put anyone down. I'm just always going to keep it real what I'm talking about because authenticity is where I'm at. It was never perfect with my dad. I'm honest about that. So he sends me away because I'm I'm putting air quotes here. I know you can't see me, but I'm putting air quotes around here. Scott, I'm sending you to your aunts because you're interrupting my dating life seven months after my mom died. I'm 13 years old. I had a mom. I don't need any faux moms who an aunt trying to take over and it was miserable. And I'm just going to be completely honest. I needed my dad to step up. He couldn't. So he sent me with her. It was hell. It was absolute hell. So I dealt with that. But you know what? And I didn't like him a lot. Didn't respect him a lot at times. But you know what? For him to be on his deathbed, crying on his deathbed, thanking me for everything I did for him. I don't know. A Hollywood script couldn't write that stuff. And so if you're mad today at someone, I don't want to just say get over it. But it may not be like that in a little while. Life is short. Whatever it is you want to do in life, hashtag, please just start. I'm so glad I had great closure with my dad. And Melissa and I had the closure from her, you know, about to pass away and only talked to her four times. We, I felt really good about our ending. I'm pretty, they, I know they had good closure too. Nothing for them was ever perfect between them. That's, I'm not going to go into that, but it was never perfect. My dad was an a-hole a lot to my sister. I know that because He's dead. She's dead. I'm not going to say everything was all gravy, baby. Like, it, it, it sucked a lot. But why am I going to keep those hard? If I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing justice as a speaker if I held on to grudges now with them dead. I'm not going to forget about it. But I, there's no reason to harness so much negativity when I want to put out positivity. And I'm still going to struggle with that with days. Some days I'm just, woe is me to myself. I feel sorry for myself some days. But I try not to do that anymore as much as I did. That is a fact. That is not an opinion. So we evolve in life. Because one person to you sucks right now, does it mean they will in 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 hours, 10 days, 10 months? So ultimately, I feel like what you're trying to say is be kind to everybody, no yeah. matter who they are, because you don't know what they're going through. No, and, you, and you're going to talk to someone today? Someone someone talks today, unfortunately, is going to be gone tomorrow. That's just a fact. It's unfortunate, but the, death is a part of life. And so I don't ever want to be woe is me. But I've been through some real stuff with death. It's, it's horrible. So you're just here to wake people up. I hope so. I want to give my perspective. I don't want to give a right perspective or a wrong perspective. I'm giving my perspective. Sure. That's all I'm doing. How can people find you? You can find me. Uh, you can go to my Facebook. It's personal, but I'm gonna get another one. It's gonna be it's gonna be at Scott underscore Inspires, and my Twitter and my Instagram are both at Scott underscore Inspires, and I have a website now that is scottinspires.com, and uh, my email is scott at scottinspires.com. Excellent. Thank you, Scott, for coming over and spending your time with me, brother. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was that was really great. Um, I mean, this was our first time talking with each other, so it's, absolutely, it's really great uh, learning about your life um, and all the hardships that you've gone through and all the ways that you've learned to um, overcome that. Thank you very much. I'm trying every day. I'm just want people to, I want people to learn from what I've gone through, and I haven't had it the worst in the world. I just want people to please just start. I, I want there to be a movement. I want every. Can I say one more thing? 
Of course. So when I started my journey randomly on Monday, December 11th, 2017, I had gone to see my sister and her fiance, Jay, for that weekend before. And I just went to see them in New York for just a couple of days. I told Melissa, I said, I'm so embarrassed you're about to see me like this, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get it right when I come home. So I ate crappy that trip. And then I, and Melissa goes, Scott, am I going to hear about this all week? Are we going to be talking about this all weekend? I said, I hope not, but you know, probably because <laughs> I was so embarrassed what I looked like that I got myself that big. I'm responsible. No one put food in my, no one shoved it down my throat every single day. That was me. So I started this Monday, December 11th. So I'm going over to some family friends on Christmas day, just getting dressed. And I go 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, all the way up to the 31st. I realize that's t- randomly days after I realize that's 21 days. Now I'm going to ask you a question out there, everyone. How many days does it take to start a habit? 21. 21. There's a reason that my story is this way. And I never looked back that day. Never looked back. Not once. Because I knew what that was like to be that guy. I hated that guy. I had no respect for that guy. I'm not saying I'm perfect now. But I'm, I'm doing a lot better day to day. Because I got myself mentally correctly. Because if I didn't. And physically correctly. If I didn't, I'd, I'd probably be gone now too, to be honest with you. I was over 270 when my dad died. There's only two ways to go. I was either going to get worse or I was going to get better. And I chose to get better. So I want to end this with hashtag, please just start. Whatever it is you want to do. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Scott.